keep tugging at our heels Watch this high step and be a highlight reel Of how high we get The ghost riders off the ramp How we live defies death Put a conscious in the genre box Stamp a certified fresh Bad boys beyond g depths. You couldn't fathom what we plan to do next Turn the music on his head Power bomb suplex Hello and welcome to the Free Range Basketball Podcast I'm Kyle McEwen You can find me on Twitter at RotoKyleNBA And I'm joined today by OG Icy Or just Icy But you can find him on Twitter at OG Icy And that's I-C-E-Y after the OG If you like what you hear Please consider rating, reviewing, and sharing the podcast Wherever you listen or watch it And if you'd like to be an official producer of the show You can send in support through PayPal, Venmo, or Cash App at Kyle McEwen 16. You can also subscribe on Patreon at Free Range Basketball. For anyone that rates, reviews, subscribes, or contributes as a producer of the show, I'll be sure to give you a holler or shout out here on the show, and I'll also come do your laundry this weekend. All right, now that we've got that wrapped up, Icy, thank you so much for coming on the show and talking to me about the NBA, politics, and religion. Is there anything that you want people to know uh, before we get started talking about basketball? Laker Nation. That's it. Laker Nation. Oh, <laughs> too many Lakers people coming on here. I told you that before we started up. But um, oh, yeah. but it's also good too because, like, as I said, like we're we want to start off on a good on a good note, and you guys are all pumped up because you just won another championship. You're first with LeBron. So, um, all right. I guess just uh, how did you become a a Lakers fan? Is is that something you grew up with? Are you from California? Um, and yeah, tell me tell me more about that. I'm not actually. It's funny enough because um, it's actually hard for me to be like a full-on fan to the new Lakers because I've always been kind of a kind of a LeBron hater almost. <laughs> I, I'm a Kobe guy. I'm a Kobe guy. Okay. I was I was born in 1997. Kobe was drafted in 1997, so I I, I grew up off Kobe. Uh, he came in the same year I was born, and just my whole life he was my favorite player. So of course this year was horrendous, but. Um, yeah, that's how I became a fan. Kobe all the way. So I mean, I mean where did you grow up then? You're not. You, you do you live in California? No, I live in uh, Louisville, Kentucky. We don't have okay. a pro team, so it's kind of a free range here. Everybody just kind of picks because we don't have our own. So right, right. You root for your, uh, you know, the Kentucky basketball. Yeah, uh, but but you don't. Yeah, you don't have anybody to go with. I know when I lived in uh, when I lived in Missouri for a while. That was kind of the feeling there. It's like, well, who who do we, you know, I don't have anybody to root for the NBA. So it was kind of brutal living down there because like nobody, yeah. there was a lot of people who just didn't watch the NBA either, mm-hmm. which gave me another perspective of like, well, if you don't kind of grow up being like having the opportunity to root for somebody that lives close to you or, you know, it's similar to how Chiefs fans from Missouri or Royals fans, they're all manic or, and yeah. you know, huge. So um, they'd be great if they still had, you know, the old, the old, uh, Kansas city, was it the Royals or no, the Kansas city Kings. That's where yes. the Kings actually originally originated. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. yeah. Uh, Oscar opinion. Robertson. Yeah. Uh, yeah. anyways, <laughs> so, uh, then how did you, how did you become an NBA fan? Really? Was it just kind of getting into to Kobe as you were growing up or, or was it, you know, somebody had shared before that they started playing NBA uh, Live 01 and that really got them into basketball and that just kind of took off from there? How did you get into basketball? Uh, I think it was just kind of um, just kind of a cultural thing. I think everyone around me played basketball. Uh, my dad got me in basketball very early. So I, I was playing basketball. That's the first sport I ever played from maybe four or five years old. I was already playing basketball. 
So once I was once I started playing, that got me into watching even more because I needed new guys to emulate, new guys uh, to number I wanted to wear. I need to find um, just kind of guys to model my game after. So the more that I started to play was the more that I gained interested in the video games and watching it, everything. It just did you uh, did you collect basketball cards at all growing up? I did. I still have them. Still have okay, them all. Cool. Cool. Yeah, no, I bought a couple boxes off Amazon a couple years ago and was just like, I was like, oh my gosh, the nostalgia and cracking up a box full of packs or oh, whatever. Oh man, nothing like it. Oh, it's so much fun. Nothing it's, like it. <laughs> it's dumb how much fun you can have, like just looking at the back and, and the little blurbs they have or the uh, just the stats from the last few seasons that they were sharing yeah. on there. It's such dorky stuff, but it's cool. Um, well, hey, why don't we go ahead and... I, I like, I want to get, I want to dig out more about that, but in the same respect, like, cool. We're, we both love the NBA. We have for a long time. I, I actually, I grew up playing basketball and stuff with my three brothers and whatnot, mm -hmm. but it wasn't like, I didn't, I didn't really get into basketball in a, in like, I guess an emotional way until I was about 20 years old. So, um, that, it, that was me also, committing to going out and trying to shoot learn how to shoot hoops for the first time really because i mean i mm -hmm. played growing up but i like i didn't know how to shoot the damn ball even at 20 years old <laughs> so i'd go play pickup with all these old guys and they'd be like this guy's running around the court not looking at the ball um you know he doesn't watch the ball on defense he's just like obsessed <laughs> with trying to guard his man and it was brutal until one of my buddies took me aside um dave o'brien and he was like do you know what the uh triple threat position is and i was like i have no idea so, I mean, at the age of 20, that was me really diving into to basketball and being completely stupid, but, you know, uh, passionate about it. So anyways, that's my little little thing about that. Um, let's talk some breaking news from the NBA today. There's not much, but Mark Stein came out and reported that the NBA could start free agency less than 48 hours after the draft. The draft's on November 18th. And then so they're talking about starting free agency on the 20th or the 21st of November, which that probably sounds like way too quick for people and just not reasonable. But if the NBA season is going to start on December 22nd yeah, and they're going to have to, yeah, you just got to go, right? Got to get it going. Yeah. You got to get going. I mean, strange times we're living in, but you just have to adjust accordingly. And I, I don't really blame them. You know, it's no, when you evaluate, weird time. yeah, it's like, well, how much time do we have? Do you, if we push it back, then you're just like, that's even harder for guys who want to like, you know, try to move their families in a reasonable amount of time if they oh, yeah. do go to a new team and all that kind of stuff. So, I, I mean, and then who knows who know, I mean, especially with everything going on this year, moving in this situation and, and then yeah. trying to find out if, if your kids are even going to go to school. Yeah. I mean, I mean, even if you have the money to help facilitate that stuff more easily, it's still going to be still stressful yeah. Yeah, and something else to deal with. Yeah. Um, so is there, is there anything in regards to that, that you think is going to be like, I've already, one of the, one of the NBA reporters on Twitter yesterday, Keith Smith, he was reporting that, uh, some teams are already talking to free agents and lining hmm. up deals. So I wonder like, is Woj going to be announcing the first Dropping pick? And bombs then, already. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> bombs like right after. <laughs> right after, you know, oh, and, and also if teams are, I mean, I guess free agency usually isn't that far after the draft. So teams are already kind of weighing who they're targeting in the draft versus who they're going to be targeting in free agency in some yeah. respects. But I mean, in this, 
in this since in this instance or situation, it might be even more uh, pronounced on draft night that teams. I don't know. Maybe teams draft more to need if they already have their free agents free agency worked out. Yeah, I think I think it actually could be. I think actually I might might like that. I actually think I might like to see just how it rounds out different and how they play the draft a little bit different, how they play the free agency different being that uh, that time frame is so different. I I think I might like it. I mean, it's been a crazy year. Everything's adjusting to it. And, you know, just seeing people adjust on the fly. I like to see uh, the results of that crazy, <laughs> craziness, all the craziness. Uh, I like to see how everybody. Uh, I wasn't it. very, I, we follow each other on Twitter and I wasn't very political on Twitter before. Well, uh, tw- 2016, I probably shared too much about Bernie, but, um, <laughs> but like this year, you know, until lo- after lockdown happened, I was just like, screw it, man. I'm not sticking to basketball. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like, this is a, yeah, there's nothing. I mean, you got to talk about all the other there's stuff. There's nothing. Yeah. There's nothing. There's, there was literally nothing going on for a while until sports finally got going again, but there was literally nothing going on. Yeah, it's like, what are you going to talk about? I have to talk about this craziness with somebody. And if I'm being stupid, let me know. <laughs> um, uh, NBA-wise, is there anything from free agency that is kind of like sticking in your mind, whether you're looking at things from a, a Lakers fan point that you want them to accomplish? Um, I, it's it's hard to have much criticisms or concern about the team that just won the championship, though. Yeah, I'm on cloud nine. I, I'm loving everything that they're doing. I'm I just want to see what they're going to do as far as um, um, like JaVale and Cousins, uh, seeing if they're going to bring him back. I don't, I don't know what they're going to do with in terms of big men because they got a lot of guys. I mean, I mean, Dwight Howard wasn't really expected to do what he's done. So, I mean, I think that he would be the priority. Um, so, I don't know. I mean, I like Cousins a lot, but I mean, with the way Dwight's playing, I don't even know if we need anybody else. Well, and uh, do you do you feel like they, even though Anthony Davis doesn't like, you don't have any concern that he's not going to resign, right? No, I think he's coming. I think he's coming back, and I actually think that um, LeBron is kind of um, what's the word? Grooming him to be the number one eventually. I think. Uh, Good. Le- I think I believe LeBron still has a couple more years of LeBron to yeah. be LeBron. But uh, at some point, you know, Father Tom's undefeated. He might have to take that back seat and be a number two in command, which I think, unlike my favorite player of all time, Kobe, unlike maybe Michael Jordan, who Kobe really was not able to take that number two position. That's kind of the issue with those Lakers for a couple years is that he was – I think still the best player, but not able to produce consistently like he used to. But he's just has that mentality where he can't take the back seat to anybody else. So it just kind of doesn't allow any other big time player to blossom in that same team, as opposed to LeBron. I think that he's able to take that back seat and let Anthony Davis blossom as a superstar and be a distributor because I think that's what he likes to do anyway. So yeah. Well, and yeah. I was I was just going to ask about that. Um, in what did you think about LeBron? You know, legitimately playing point guard this year. Not to say that he wasn't already the primary facilitator on every team he's ever been on, yeah. but the fact that the team put out a roster a lot of nights where it's like, okay, LeBron's obviously the point guard, and then we've got you know a shooting guard out there with 
Danny Green pushed up to small forward. Not that Danny's mm-hmm. not big enough to play that position he is, but um, I guess, did you, did you like having LeBron in that role? I do think it puts him in a better position to take a step back and let his other guys shine uh, yeah. just more on the surface, if nothing else. And then also about your point guard situation, do you want them to bring back Rondo? It's hard to say no. Uh, I mean, he played so well, but I mean, hmm. what do I say? I don't know. That's a, that's a hard one. For the right I, money, I I'm guess. Fr- I'm from I'm from uh, I'm from Kentucky. Rondo's a Rondo is a hometown boy as well. Yeah. So it's hard to really cut ties with him. But I, yeah, it really it really depends. But. LeBron I mean, I don't think he's going to have man. a ton of suitors necessarily, even, yeah. even though he played well, you know? Um, course, yeah. So it's like he's going to end up turning down that like $2.8 million option that he has most likely, and maybe he mm. gets paid a little bit more from the Lakers. And you, you just, you, you know, you don't want to stub your toe trying to do right by guys and then take away your ability to truly compete for another championship. Yeah, so, price yourself out, yeah. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Uh. All right, man. Is there anything else from the NBA world? Otherwise, we can jump into politics. I just want to ask because throughout quarantine, this was a really big thing. What What was your thoughts on Last Dance? Oh man, um, I, it was it was probably better. It was better than I thought it would be. Look, I get all. I, I hate mainstream stuff. You know, I like. Oh man, like, you don't sound as excited as Boost. No, no, it was fun. Oh. It was it was a lot of fun, and it was cool. To, you know, you love hearing the old school stories and whatnot. Um, mm-hmm. I, uh, I don't know. I, th- th- it's there's. I had no nothing bad to say about it. I really enjoyed watching it. I just, I guess, I didn't get like super hyped up about it. But I also grew up a Pistons fan. I have oh. to temper my like with bad boys. I have to temper any kind of <laughs> any love I give to to Michael Jordan, and you know I just obviously you know. Anyways, um, yeah. Were you were you a fan? One more thing. Were you a fan of the um, the timeline jumping around? You like that? No, no, because oh, I either. I thought it was good. That would that made it confusing for people that didn't really understand what was going on. Like, yeah. yeah. It was easy for us who like, we knew all the bullet points for the most part, you know, some of, of the extra anecdotes were great, but like we knew where everything was going, but yeah, like kind of jumping around, like with all the Rodman stuff and whatnot, like what was that? Like the third, fourth episode. It's it's like, yeah. it just, yeah. The, the timeline jumping around all really made it seem like it was uh, a little bit harder to con- consume for maybe casual fans who, who didn't know a lot about mm-hmm. Jordan. But ultimately, we also had the situation where they rushed it out because people were desperate for sports content during Smart. the lockdown. Smart. And uh, yeah. and I think they were saying that when they released the first the first episode or whatever, they were still working on getting the final episodes uh, edited and and ready for really. So so I mean that you know I guess it is what it is in regards to you know like we're we're we're, we're nitpicking if if that's but that's a great question. Sorry. Yeah. Um, all right, cool. Well, I'm going to jump into politics. If we want to cycle back to NBA stuff while we're doing yeah, it, we sure. can. But uh, these are just overarching questions that I'm going to have for the next two segments. Uh, for politics, what's your political journey uh, been like, Icy, throughout your life? And did you grow up with certain values? Uh, and have they changed over time? Um, I think so. Uh, I grew up in a... It's kind of, it's kind of strange because... Um, in the in the black community, it's almost like the Democrat, everything Democrat, 
Democrat, Democrat, Democrat, Democrat, no matter what, uh, we're just with the Democrats. And as I've gotten older, I've just kind of to look into the actual values of a uh, conservative versus um, progressive. And I just kind of see the balance in both. You know, I do agree in some conservative values as far as um, not too much government oversight, kind of um, allowing people to just kind of fend for themselves. That's kind of the uh, conservative conservative ideology I get from a lot of people that are considered like far right, like just let us do whatever and leave <laughs> us alone. That's what some people would say. But I also lean towards the liberal side of that too, because um, I think the conservative ideology is good in an ideal world, but not in the real world. Because if you just let everybody fend for themselves, we all weren't we all aren't at the same starting point. Yeah. So the people that are above ahead will just continue to be ahead if there's no government oversight or no government intervention. So uh, I think there's just a, a good balance of both is important and being able to hear both sides is important for people because especially in this election, especially in 2016, it's just um, a case of if you don't agree with me, I hate you. Right. That's and what that's, the world is now. Yeah. And that's my that's my biggest contention with like like I love politics. I I like following it. There are times yeah. where I wish I didn't like it and that I could just ignore it and you yeah. know get a like I'm gonna go get a second job, not paying attention to this. <laughs> um and, but as I engage with it, what's frustrating is like I feel like I'm a good person, I want good things for the world for everybody. Mm -hmm. Um I don't want anybody to suffer of any race, religion, creed, whatever. Yeah. And also growing up in America, we were kind of taught like you can say whatever you want mm -hmm. and people can say whatever they want back to you. And like, that's going to reveal your character. Yeah. Uh, and that's the way it is. But sometimes in this new social media bubble that we have, people will take even just trying to uh, have a nuanced discussion as being defense of just foul you know, like the worst parts of a humanity. And, the, yeah. and it just, it gets frustrating um, because in my life, 90, 90 to 99% of the people I meet are like, everybody's cool. Everybody, yeah. you know, nobody wants to be getting in each other's way for the most part. Obviously we all have bad days and whatnot, mm -hmm. but like if, you know, a, not, a lot of the times too, when people are rude to each other, they, I know me with my Catholic guilt that I grew up with, I go home and I feel terrible when I've done something that like, I don't, I don't want to be part of my character. That's not to say that I don't make mistakes as a person in life that I don't get frustrated that I didn't eat breakfast today. And then I said something rude to somebody out on the street that I don't even know yeah. when I go home, I'm going to be like, why did I affect that person's life in such a negative way? Because I was being grouchy, you know, stuff mm -hmm. like that. So, um, yeah, just to it's, share. it's, it's, it's kind of disappointing the way that, um, kind of society has shifted what politics is because uh, a lot of people look at uh, Donald Trump and Biden in that last debate. And they're like, this is so disgusting. This is appalling. But I'm like, this is, this is a reflection of America right now because um, these guys are not appealing to what I think myself to be, or what maybe even you perceive yourself to be is somebody that can be a free thinker, moderate, and just kind of, weigh the values of what they like at this point they just have to appeal to their base which is 
Trump is Hitler. Yeah. Biden is a communist. It's like <laughs> they're trying to appeal to the farthest, most out there people because they're the ones that are really getting riled up because the people in the middle are so like turned off that um, they aren't even showing up. Like I saw, I saw one um, article. I think it was maybe 4.2 million people that voted for Obama in 2008 stayed home in 2012 because they're just, you know, it's gotten so much into, it's turned into a circus that some people are just out. They're like, these people aren't helping me. These people are so, crazy and drastic and far right and far left that I'm out. So they've, no. they've caused a lot of people to just check out. No. Uh, yep. It's, um, it's having the debate and are you talking about actual things, actual problems exactly. that we need to fix? Or are you just throwing, you know, slings at each other mm-hmm. to try to rile up your base to yeah. try to get it's, it's all these emotional pleas instead of like actual policy stuff to say, no, no, let's make sure we have proper funding for school. But I do want to have a conversation about, because I used to work in the education system. I used to run after school programming for a couple of years. And as a part of that, I, I at least talked with a bunch of the teachers and interacted with them. And I, our, our education systems just, it just seems so convoluted to me. We don't, it's, it's more about the t- whole testing thing instead of like giving kids real life experience and a real understanding of the world and also how to be a strong person in that world, whether it's through nutrition or through working out or through participating in, uh, I don't, you, you know, there, it's, it's just, we, we, we focus so much on a lot of the testing stuff that I don't feel like kids get an understanding of how to file the taxes, how to, yeah. you know, eat right, how to cook for themselves, how to, how to maybe how to clean properly and stuff like that, because there's a lot of kids who it's stuff is people, parents got to work a lot and I'm not even putting this on the parents. Parents do the best they can in most situations, I think. Um, But unfortunately in the, in the systems that we've had, things have been either so corrupt or so um, mismanaged that at the end of the day, I don't have a lot of faith in, in, in our institutions. And I would exactly. almost rather just say, you know what I did? I, I learned more when I got into the, the workplace after college than I ever mm-hmm. did in college. The best thing that came out of me going to school, whether it was uh, you know high school or college, was the social aspect of it, interacting with people. For sure. Yeah. And I, and the, the crazy thing to me is that... Um, Coming out of school, I don't feel like I don't feel like school prepared me at all for adulthood. And I actually don't. I'm 23. I'm 23 right now. I'm 23 right now. And I feel like I'm just now an adult. Like, I don't feel like I was ready to be an adult at 18. And 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 at this point, it's making me question, like, should should they consider 18 year olds adults? Because I don't think I don't feel like I was an adult. I barely I feel like I wasn't even an adult at 21, barely. I'm 23 now. I feel like I'm just now really an adult, like becoming an adult, becoming to understand things, becoming to understand the world, becoming to understand politics. You understand how to maneuver this world that we live in, because at 18, I didn't have a clue. 21, I might have had a clue. And right now, I think I'm kind of figuring it out. So I think really 24 might be like adult, like full adult. 
Uh, well, and it, that's just it. Like you're, you're, uh, from your experience, like you're, you're probably, you're hitting it. God, it's so tough because it's different. It, I mean, it could be different. Mm-hmm. Things aren't like, you know, it's not like a straight line either. Your development. Yeah. Sometimes you're going to take steps back in regards yeah. to your perception of the world and how you, how you react to it and things like that. Like, like if I was smart, when I was writing comic books when I was 15, 16, and I had publisher, some publisher reaching out to me to, to like, give him 50% of the credit for it. I should have just ran with that and been like, I'm going to go be a comic book writer and not deal with any of this reality. So, um, but, but you know, that's not the way things went. I went to school. I got a bunch of debt. I Mm. pretty much dropped out of college after having all my credits done because I wanted to go not be a writer anymore. And then, you know, it's just, I don't know. We all try. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, I, know. I think I think it's really interesting kind of what um what this COVID stuff has done to kind of open people's eyes to these these humongous, ridiculous, ridiculously funded college campuses and um, college towns. And now that they aren't even able to be used and kind of realize that, man, I'm getting the same education on the computer and I could probably do this for cheaper uh, if I wanted to, I could just kind of do it online or kind of do it virtual and get the same education uh, and not maybe, maybe we don't need these huge college campuses everywhere. Uh, Maybe we don't need to fund all this money for half our city to go towards a little campus. I don't know. I mean, it's just an interesting time to kind of see things shaken up uh, and see how different um, things will come out of it. So I don't want to say that there isn't, you know, strength and, and learning from your community because there definitely is. And everything that a lot of the stuff that I've learned, I was lucky enough to have other people help me out, teach yeah. me things, share mm-hmm. their perspective, uh, offer critiques about stuff I'm doing stupid or, or how I can yeah. do things better. So I, I definitely see the, 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 the importance of community in education, mm-hmm. but I think you're making a really good point. Like if, if the cost of subsidizing colleges with government money is that we have to then charge people into debt servitude essentially for life Oh yeah. in regards to, you know, it's not like I'm indebted to a particular business and now I have to work for that business my whole life. But like a lot of people are so far in college debt that they don't feel the freedom to well, they're working so much, whether it's one, two or three jobs that they don't necessarily have the time to find a job. You know what I'm saying? Like yeah. that does, that takes them another step forward. Um, and while some people would say, well, what about personal responsibility? It's like, well, sometimes the systems get so big and so uh, such a suck into the idea about what people are going to be that mm-hmm. you get taken advantage of by your own ignorance or, yeah. or whatever, because like, in high school, and I, I'm sorry, I'm, I'm quick to wrap this point up, but in high school, I just had, I didn't know about, I didn't know how to go to college. I didn't know what to do. And then I had, they just took us into a room one day, had us fill out the FAFSA stuff, yeah. put a couple colleges at the end. <laughs> and then I got a letter in the mail one day saying, hey, Grand Valley State wants you to come to college here. And, and here's a bunch of money. Yep. I'm like, wait, what do you mean a bunch of money? Well, you got this grant, this Pell Grant thing. You get, you know, you get this or that because of your parents' uh, income or lack thereof. Yeah. And um, and then, you know, you get, but then you also get these these loans. And once you get in there for a semester and or, or a year and you're already committed to the process, like 
then you're sitting there saying, well, how do I pay for the next year? Yep. Uh, oh, don't worry about it. Don't worry about it. You know, <laughs> you go talk to the financial aid people. They will help you get free money. They yep. will. But the free money only lasts for, you know, until you get done with college. And then it becomes, um, you know, uh, something to hold you down in, in a lot of respects. Yeah, it becomes figure it out. Figure it out. Pay it. We need our money. Because, because I think it's very interesting because every other thing in the world – under a certain circumstance can be forgiven except for student loans. It's not going anywhere, no matter what. Right. You're talking about the fact that you can't claim bankruptcy on that. Exactly. Yeah. Like if you want to get five credit cards and run those up, you know, you can claim bankruptcy and kind of <laughs> just devoid yourself of that responsibility in certain respects. But like, yeah, you're not allowed to claim nope. bankruptcy on your Need student it. loan. You pay it all, all it's, of it. <laughs> So, and yeah, it's, it's, it's rough. And it's those systems that make me uh, not believe in the establishment anymore. It's, it's, it's that kind of stuff that makes me turn away and say, you know, a guy like Biden from my perspective is just a, a a continuation of those old, um, those old establishment systems. And, 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 and that's why I'm at least open-minded to the idea of Trump as an outsider, as an anti-establishment candidate. Yeah. But like, again, it's not like he's out there talking about wiping out student loans. Yeah. Um, and I don't necessarily, I don't understand the whole school choice thing. It gets demonized by the left. The right mm -hmm. thinks it's the greatest thing in the world. Does w w what I would like to understand about that is like, or, or even just simplify as a, as a system. It's like, if, if each kid, does provide the school systems a certain amount of money. And then why wouldn't a parent get an opportunity to choose which school their kid goes to, you know, like, yeah. and, and where that money is going to get applied. Mm -hmm. And then that should help drive what those schools teach out of the, the wants of the, the parents and the kids and, and what programs are deemed needed versus where our current edu our public education is, is in, in many respects, just we want you to show up, read the books that have been. Same books. For <laughs> yeah, exactly. Same it's, curriculum. And, and it's all just, it's all just thought practices. Same cookie cut. Yeah, exactly. But it's not even thought practices because it doesn't teach you how to think. It doesn't teach you that your perspective may not be right and that you mm -hmm. need to at least look at the other side of the, yeah, the no nuance, no nuance in education at all. It's all this, this is yep. what it is. Believe this. And don't think outside of that. This is right. And there's no other way. That's what I don't really like about anything because everything is so polarizing nowadays. It's just, it's either our way or don't speak to me. Nobody can talk to each other anymore. And I, so but I don't understand. part of that too is like, probably and i mentioned this on the last podcast but it's because people don't have the time they're exactly. work they're so they're so in debt they're so they're so overworked that they mm -hmm. don't have the time the legitimate time and they also don't have the patience yeah so yeah and i think social media might be a part of that too because um you you feel like you don't have to talk to somebody that's just online arguing with you. You don't have to hear their perspective versus if you're in an argument in person and they say something that makes sense, you might actually have to strike it up, strike like, Oh wow, that, that kind of made sense versus on the computer. Somebody says one thing you could disagree with and you block them 
and you say that person's <laughs> racist, that person's an idiot, that person's stupid. That's it. That ends yeah. it right there. You can't do that to somebody in your face. You got to kind of deal with it or you kind of argue with logic or argue with something that makes sense. You know, the social media kind of ruined that. It And I mean, I, I kind of I don't want to get into big conversations on social media because I don't think you can. I don't think the nuance can come through. So yeah. like when P if people are, if people are rude to me on Twitter, I do mute them. Like yeah. I try not to block people. I actually like to mute because I feel like if you're going to be rude to me for, for what I perceive to be like no good reason, like then, you know, whatever. But if you're just sharing your opinion, I'm not going to mute you. I'm not going to block you. Yeah. Um, as long as you're not being like an overwhelming jerk. Yeah, of course. Yeah, of course. That, yeah. that I mean, the block button definitely comes in handy at times. But yeah. if, if you're just having a, a conversation where somebody says, uh, I like I like Trump. This is why I like Biden. This is why. And then you just completely block them out for that. Then I don't understand. Or just I believe I mean, or just any of the hot topics. Well, just think of any hot topics. I mean, I guess abortion. It's a hot topic. What's another, one? What's another one? I mean, I guess police brutality is a huge oh, one yeah. this year. Yep. Um, any of those that somebody may have a nuanced opinion, it's just they're completely out the window. They're completely the worst person in the world. Um, well, and it's 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 tough, though, because yeah. uh, as something I've expressed on here uh, pretty much every show now is the idea that, like, we don't know what to believe because our media is so polarizing. And exactly. And narrative driven and it's like the they made it. <laughs> they made it they made us like this really i that's the media it's, is it's tough though because because debate. trump because trump attacks the media so much mm -hmm. attacking the media makes you sound like a trump you know like yeah. two other people they'll be like right. oh if you if you think fake news is a legitimate thing then then you're a trump supporter and it's like well it's a very real thing yeah, thank you. It's a very like, real thing. And I they use it, it against Bernie. both sides. Yeah. So don't yeah. don't think that you're safe either, dude. Just because um you like Biden, everything on the news is true. That's not true either. Yeah. They could they there's there's smear campaigns that are false about Democrats too. So I don't understand how anybody could just blanket statement and say, Yeah, I believe everything that I see. Well, and like uh it's it's also trying to wrap your head around bigger I bigger perspectives of things like these news stations get so much of their advertising money from big pharma yeah. stuff that like they will never report on the idea of um universal health care being a good thing because mm -hmm. big pharma doesn't want that they they it's that's yeah no it's it's um and it's also the reality that like so much of our drug stuff and the pricing of health insurance and and the inability for us to afford national health care is the fact that there's that corruption from private companies funding our news organizations. And they know what they're doing. It's not that's they know what they're doing by leveraging them by saying by keeping money in their pocket. Mm -hmm. Cause you're not going to bite the hand that feeds you, you know? So, and you know, if, if I was getting paid $500,000 uh, a year or more or whatever, these newscasters get paid, which is probably a lot more than that. Yeah. Um, I would, I'd be looking around too, wondering where my, where my values lie. 
You know, mm-hmm. is it with my family and providing a uh, a nice summer home and winter home and all that kind of stupid stuff that gives us enjoyment? Or is yeah. it realizing that if I share my true opinions on the news with people that it's going to, I'm going to lose my job because if they get, because all they need to do is get a phone call from the CEO of Pfizer or wherever that says, hey, uh, Rachel Maddow's opinions about this or that. Yeah, we don't like them. And yeah. if if they don't stop, then we're going to take away our advertising. Yeah. It's like, oh, okay. Hey, Rachel. <laughs> <laughs> you shut up. Yeah, I actually, I actually heard um, somebody say something about um, Big Pharma, like the way that um, these doctors are prescribing people things that they don't specifically think are the best just because they get uh, kickback or because this – brand has been pushed uh, a lot is that maybe capitalism and morality don't really go hand in hand. And I, I thought that was an interesting perspective because, you know, I, I, I'm not against capitalism. Like some people are like some people that are so anti-capitalism, some people that go on every day about uh, Jeff Bezos should not have his money. Take, go take all his money away. No one should be that rich. I, I mean, I think, that you know, if you earned it, then what can I say? There, yeah, I, yeah. the The issue is when, like, uh, after nine eleven, when the the gas prices went from a mm-hmm. dollar something, like a buck yeah. twenty, up to four bucks immediately, and then they stayed, depending on where you lived in America, always over two bucks mm-hmm. and closer to five bucks in a lot of places, or you know, three or four bucks yeah. uh, for gas. If you're charging extra money for gas. That's extra money for every single piece of item that gets shipped on the highway through a trucking institution. So then that means like, I don't know if you remember, but I definitely remember going into grocery stores after 9-11 and being like, whoa, man, the cereal costs a lot, you know, like stuff like that. Mm -hmm. Everything inflated. Um, And it's, 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 but okay. So the point of that whole anecdote though, is that even though gas prices were, double or more than what they had been double triple um we were still paying out these oil subsidies like 80 billion dollars like a year or something absurd and it's just like wait a minute wait a minute they have all this excess money that they just created and it's but of course well we're projecting for the fact that we're about to go start a bunch of wars and we don't know if we're gonna be able to get that oil (laughs) so um you know, but then again, then you look into it more and you're like, well, wait, there's this oil reserve that we have that can last us at least 20 years. So if we need to help people out, because who who is the gas prices going to impact the most? People with the mm-hmm. least amount of money, poor people, exactly. yeah. you know, people living paycheck to paycheck, which is like 50 percent of America. Yeah. So yeah. it's yeah. Anyways, it's stuff like that where I'm like, stop subsidizing the dang oil companies for crying out loud you know yeah, see man see that that's the that's the that's the whole thing with poli- politics as a whole is just when like kind of what we've kind of gone on this little tangent when you when you just think about every different sector uh big pharma um gas prices uh big tech all of these things have some sort of corruption in them but tax breaks for people that are super rich all these different tax breaks and things that have been exposed. Everything you can find corruption in them. So, so what? 
So how do I have faith in any of these people that I I mean, I, I can only control what I can control. So I feel like, man, these people don't really care about me. So why should I care about what they're saying or what they're pitching to me? Because it's never been shown to be true in the past. And it's never been, all of these systems of corruption have never been exposed or never been broken down or never been attempted to be broken down from what I've seen. So why would these guys be any different? Because, again, like at the beginning of this uh, election, um, especially on the on the Democratic side this this time, there's so many different young, vibrant candidates, and then you end up it's two two old seventy year seventy year old guys. I'm like, this is just the same same story right over again. Yep. No, it's it's they they. It feels like. The, the candidates get picked. They're going to do what they're going to do. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. Yep. It's the same way that like when I was a big Bernie bro back in 2016 and I went to like two of his rallies mm-hmm. and I'm looking around and I'm going like, why are, why are there all these people here? Like this is insane. And you saw just how many people he was bringing to his rallies. If you were watching any of them on YouTube yeah. and whatnot, and it's, and then you'd watch a, a, a Clinton one and you'd also just acknowledge like Bernie's going everywhere. Yeah. He's, He's getting people to come out it's too. They did Bernie, man. And yeah, it's that 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 eroded so much faith for me in trusting the media or mm-hmm. most per- narratives that are offered to me. And yeah. it also made me more open-minded to looking at narratives that in the past I was told to disregard. Like if the if the media is gonna if the media is gonna try to tell me not to look into something. I'm going to go look into it for the most part. And like when Chris Cuomo back in 2016 said, uh, it is illegal to look at the WikiLeaks emails. And I'm like, (laughs) I'm like, wait a minute. What? (laughs) And you're telling that to CNN viewers. It's it's crazy how, how they can, how they're so biased. That's what, that's one thing about, that's one thing I will say about Trump is of course he's very biased. And he says some things about Democrats that are just, out there and just make no sense, but he does say real things in terms of um, Bernie and in terms of how they did Bernie in terms of the DNC being crooked. He does say that stuff. And of course, nobody listens because they think, of course, he's just, this is Trump being Trump, Trump just bashing everybody. Well, and even if he is just trolling, I think it's important to acknowledge where his, where his methods work mm-hmm. because you, he's if good. nothing else, acknowledge how he's able to manipulate people. If that's what you think he's doing, how yeah. he's able to quote unquote dog whistle people that, that, you know, that follow his tweets incessantly yeah. or just realize that like, there's a, in some ways there is a method to the madness of just constantly being on Twitter. Like that dude will retweet a hundred things in the matter of like, you know, two or three hours. And it's like, is he seriously just sitting on Twitter for that long? <laughs> or does he have barren yeah, handlers you know, or what? Yeah. yeah. Just give his phone to his, to his 14 year old and be like, dude, retweet anything. Seems yeah. crazy. Okay. <laughs> I saw a couple weeks ago, he, he retweeted something of, of Mike Tyson toss. Mike Tyson was talking about how whenever he's about to have a fight, that the thought of the thought of hurt, thought of hurting somebody makes him like feel orgasmic. And Trump Trump retweeted that. I was like, "What is what is this?" I didn't see that. <laughs> yeah, I'm That's like, awesome. "What is going on?" This guy's really out there. He really does whatever he wants, and you have to you have to take you have to take your hat off of that. He's really 
just winging it and doing whatever the hell he wants. <laughs> if well, and that's when you uh. As someone like I know some people who detest him, they hear us laughing about this and they're like, how can you laugh about the, the you know? but it's like, we don't, we don't have any control, you know, exactly. for the most part we are, it's not like, so in, I, I mean, I put up like, I tell myself, I'm like, put up like a filter, like don't, you know, consume the news, but don't let it consume you type kind of stuff. And yeah. And like, I'll say little phrases like that to myself when I find myself getting too emotional about yeah. my perspective of stuff, because I've, I've gone through depressive states in the past due to my reaction to getting too invested emotionally in a political candidate, whether that yeah. was Obama or, uh, or Bernie. And, uh, it's just, you don't have any control, man. It's, it's best to find a way to filter the, the shitty parts of life in a way that doesn't kill you because yeah. stress kills man yeah that's what man I, I that's what i say i control the controllables because me getting watching watching these debates and yelling at the tv and getting all emotional is <laughs> i might as well be watching the kardashians and getting emotional yelling at the tv it's it's not you know you don't have any control it's it's just as it's just as much bs as that because I mean, it has it does have something to do with you, but getting mad about it is not going to do anything. Oh, I think you should stay informed for sure. Oh yeah, for sure. Yeah. And and this year was a bigger uh, a bigger like the biggest example of that because yeah. if you don't stay like in regards to you know a lot of people in the a lot of people will say like well if you don't you know don't pay attention to all that stuff don't read all that stuff don't consume it and i'm like well no that's not i don't i don't want to be i don't i want to be informed i want to be as informed as i can be and i also want to see the information and sometimes i share stuff that's like look at how stupid this is on yep. twitter it's not from a look at how cool this is perspective <laughs> it's it's like this is crazy you know like if if i had seen that trump tweet about mike tyson and wanting to hurt somebody being orgasmic <laughs> i would have retweeted that because i'd be like oh this is one That's it's hilarious I mean. yeah. but it's also just like dude our president just retweeted this what it's reality are we, we living, living in well yes yes so I, w I wish i was able to i mean i i like that i'm able to see both sides laugh at both sides but i wish that i was one of those just completely like just living in the world <laughs> Not a care in the world. Oh yeah, who's running for president? I don't even know. I don't even care. What's a Democrat? What's a Republican? I man, I wish I was able to just be that. Me too. Me too. I, and legitimately, but yeah. this year, in some way, it illustrates that like you didn't. None of us had control over whether or not businesses got shut down. Exactly. You know, when the NBA stopped, my job stopped. Luckily, I have a cool boss, a great person at basketball monster who he like he made sure that we were taken care of before you heard about any of that pp ppp crap and mm -hmm. or the t whatever it was yeah. you know it, he he made sure that you know the guys that work for him at least weren't gonna just not be able to pay their bills and get kicked out of their house and stuff like that right away yeah. so uh big ups to uh ken at basketball monster for being just a good dude even you know i have no to be honest i don't even know what i don't you know like I also commend him for not really talking politics with me. He's yeah. like, he's like, look, dude, if you know, I think he just was a very understanding of the, the fact that like we're living through a rare moment in time where there's nothing else to talk about on Twitter. 
I'm I'm 37 years old, sitting alone in my house playing Zelda for two months. And, uh, you know, the only interaction you really were able to have living in Madison, Wisconsin, because everything was shut down there, was to, you know, get on the Internet yeah. and and try to understand all the craziness that was going on. But like it definitely we, we've been shown this year that your if our political situation can put its thumb on your lifestyle. I mean, I'm lucky I feel lucky that, okay, I don't know. Do you have any businesses that you were going to? I was going to this one awesome taco place that got shut down. And like, I don't know what happened to those people, but like <laughs> I ordered from them twice a week <laughs> yeah. and I'm never going to have some of the coolest, best food I've ever eaten before. Mm -hmm. And I, I'm just like, I'm like, they were doing something that was obviously they seem to have loved. Anyways, they had their business ruined because yeah. all this. Yeah. And on the on like what you said about the your your boss not getting political. You remember the days when people didn't share their political leanings and it was just nobody knew. Wasn't that a good right. time? Wasn't that yeah. a good time? We didn't have t-shirts and merch and people fighting in the streets because you got a red hat on. Everybody just kind of like I lean this way and I keep it to myself instead of going on Facebook and writing a six paragraph. Thing about why Trump is God or why Trump is Hitler or why Biden is God or like, well, like when did this happen? Like when did people just become so forthcoming with serious information, like seriously divisive information? Well, I think if you're if you're being emotional about something, and mm -hmm. this is a lot of the times when I'm on here and I'm giving my perspective, I'm talking to myself too. Um, yeah. I'm not like trying to talk at anybody, mm -hmm. um, but like. And now I lost my idea, <laughs> but, uh, but no, like, um, if you, if you're going on social media and you're, you're being mean to people and like, then what's the end game? You're not going to convince them. That's for sure. You're just going to push them away if anything. Exactly. And I think a big part of why people are seemingly so emotional. One thing we get to see it on social media, the fact that it's out there for us to be, to, to be, to be seen the fact that so many people do overshare on social media like some, i do yep they want some likes they want some thumbs up those thumbs up are addicting they're like oh it's, people are liking it it is addicting um yep. and then and then somebody comments against it and then somebody that's for them jumps in and starts arguing and then you guys team up on them it's <laughs> people are probably like man this is fun like they're enjoying it, it it's like facebook facebook is facebook has become oh my god facebook's almost the worst facebook is like people 50 plus like my parents age grandparents age arguing about politics all that they're more political than twitter i'm like jesus christ what is I, going on they didn't i i wish i had a perspective yeah but i'm also they, glad i don't <laughs> they used to not even use social media and now facebook is not even kids my age anymore it's not even like millennials or gen z it's not like a cool social media it's like the adults. It's like the grown people's social media now. It's kind of strange. It's kind of uh, strange how it flipped. I every single I, I think about it like often, probably once a day. I'm like, should I just I've got a I've got a Facebook account, but I don't yeah. use it. And yeah. I don't have any friends. I've got like one guy <laughs> on there. And I think I'm like, should I go follow people just so I can yeah. just so I can see what get the perspective of what Facebook is right now? But it's bad. I don't know. It's crazy. I don't want to get involved and I don't want to. It is crazy. <sighs> but it's like, it's like 60 year old 
60-year-old women. Uh, one day they'll be posting about why Q, the new QAnon drop. And the next day they'll be posting like a peach cobbler recipe. I'm like, what the hell is this? Uh, yeah. well, <laughs> I mean, at least they're contributing something that's, you know, non-political to yeah, the, the discussion. Peach cobbler is good. Peach cobbler is good. <laughs> um, all right. Well, we uh, is there anything politics-wise that you want to talk about, whether it's recent news or just kind of bigger, bigger things? No, man. Elections right. next week. We're going to see. Okay. Oh, okay. I've got a, I got a question that I thought of that I didn't put in here. Um, and if you don't have a perspective, cool. If you don't want to riff on it, that's fine too. But what do you think happens on, on Wednesday, the day after the election, what do you think happens if either one of them wins? Because it's going to, man, that's, that's, I'm thinking that Either, either, man, either way, it's going to be madness because people are people. There's a lot of people. I don't, I don't know if Trump is the most hated president ever. He might be. I mean, he might be the most hated president ever. I don't know. But if he wins again, people are going to be enraged. But if he loses, people are going to be enraged. But also, I don't think he's going down easy. I, I don't think he's going to. I mean, like he's he's kind of played with the idea of is he gonna transfer power? Is he gonna leave peacefully? He's already kind of alluding to it's gonna be a fraudulent election. He's already given like ex- himself built-in excuses if he does lose. So I think that he's gonna go full in on that because you know Trump is really good at when it's um, like a time of friction. He really leans into his base and gets them really going. So I think if he loses the election, he's gonna really lean into his base and really get them riled up, and that could lead to really bad stuff because he—I he, mean—he does have a lot of supporters, and if he loses, I don't know what's gonna happen. E- either way, craziness. Either way, craziness. I think. Well, I mean, we—you know—we've already had um, look, all the protests this year. I'm all for, I'm all for protests, man. You know, Mm -hmm. protests. Cool. The only part of the protests I don't like is when like the, the, the anger is misdirected. Like, like don't burn down small businesses. Mm -hmm. If you want to go fight the power, fight the power. Don't, you know, and that's not me advocating any kind of violence at all, but like direct your, (sighs) yeah. Anyways, I think you get my point. And, and, and in some respects, I think there's been, instances where i've seen on social media some of those things that popped off and got really crazy were because not because people that lived in those cities but because people that came from outside those cities outside those neighborhoods and they're like free stuff (laughs) exactly (laughs) Or, or you know um if not free stuff like they feel like i see that's just it i don't feel like I don't want to believe that most of the people who feel like even that their rage is justified, that they would take it out on things that don't deserve it to be taken out on. Yeah. Um, but I know we can be misled by our, by our emotions and all that. See, um, I, 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 man, see like I, I went to a lot of the protests and I, I just don't see how you would just lose your, lose all morality in that moment. I mean, if, if, if somebody will, do something that in, insane. I think that they, there's just something 
in them that's insane. I mean, it, just, just that. I, yeah, but the, and then you wonder too, because like uh, there was a video I retweeted uh, earlier today on Tuesday, and it was something in like Romania where mm -hmm. they showed the 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 allegation on the the tweet was that UN soldiers were helping Romanian uh, uh, officials take people who weren't abiding by the mask mandate off of trains. And when they show this video, you watch this video of guys getting dragged off these trains and like yeah. beating, beaten with batons. You're just like by people all decked out in black, you know, their faces are covered and all this kind of stuff. And it's like, you know, I, yeah, again, you know, where, where do you like abandon your morality in regards to harming another person? Like, yeah. like let's, let's put this on a scale. They're not wearing a mask. Um, either, you know, I would almost like leave it up to the people on the, on the train to shame these people. If these people are so scared, leave yeah. it up to our fellow people to shame us into doing what, what we think yeah. is right. I would, yeah. you can put your shame on me. Don't mm -hmm. put your hands on me. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I like that. I like that. One. <laughs> um, but, uh, is there anything else politics wise? Uh, because we are kind of getting close to the one hour mark. I want to talk to you a little bit about religion before, before you have to jump out of here. No, I think the, it's going to be a fun week. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> let's hope it's, yeah. I, at the end Not of the too day, much fun. Not too much I, fun. I know, man, there's, <laughs> there is a bunch we could talk about. I know that, that somebody got shot in, in, I think it was Pennsylvania yesterday and stuff like yeah, that. So yeah, I'm not, I'm not trying to gloss over anything. It's just, you know, I mean, we could sit so here much. for a, yeah. Here. There's only so much you can cover. Yeah. Um, all right. Big, uh, big, uh, overarching religion question for you. What's mm -hmm. your spiritual journey? I see been like through your life. Did you grow up with certain beliefs and have they changed over time? Yeah. So I grew up with certain beliefs because my father is a pastor, uh, a Christian. He's a Christian pastor and I've kind of, it's kind of been a, it's a little bit of a strange journey, but a lot of people know about the stigma around preacher's kids, they always usually go, or a lot of times go the opposite way. Um, I didn't really do that. I mean, I'm not, I'm not like a wild child, but um, it is, I will say that it's a little bit difficult because um, it's hard to learn when you have a parent that seems to be, you know, like a master of it because it's like, well, why do I need to read the Bible? My dad, my dad already knows everything about it. I'll just go ask him. Or why do I need to listen to? It's like, say I'm going to another person's church and I hear like a really good message. I have to run it by my dad before I believe it. <laughs> yeah, because he's like he's like my buffer. It's almost like having a. What do I say? It's like having a math. Like I have a math class but I have a best friend that's really good at math. So it's hard for me to actually learn because I'm just going to lean on them every time. Um, but yeah, I mean, I've kind of grown. Uh, as I get older, I become more spiritual as opposed to religious. You know, I, I believe that your your individual relationship with whatever being you believe in, I believe in God, I believe in Jesus Christ, you know, um, your individual, um, your individual relationship with them, your individual um, building that you do on a daily basis you, through prayer or whatever thing that you do is most important and not like, um, you know, ritualistic things or um, man-made man things. 
are not as important. Um, that relationship and that spirituality with your higher being is what really matters to me. So that's what I've learned getting older that um, Christianity is important, but uh, my individual, um, me building an individual relationship with God is the most important thing to me. So, yeah. um, well, that's uh, so. I mean, was your dad a pastor like your whole life? Still is, yeah, still is now. Okay. He, he, um, he got his own church when I was about like 12 and he's been running ever since okay. before that he used to guest at different churches. So yeah, oh, cool. it's been pretty much a lifelong thing. Uh, do you got, you got any uh, brothers or sisters? Yeah. One brother, one sister. I'm okay, the youngest. Where are you at in the, in the mix? Like oldest, youngest? I'm the youngest. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Um, just wondering. Yeah. Too. Are your, <laughs> yeah. Well, I don't want to ask too many questions about, you know, family and stuff like that. Um, feel free. No, feel free. Oh, I was just going to say like, do you like, are they as like, are they super religious? Like your, 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 your brother and sister and stuff like that. I I know my brothers were similar in a lot of ways, but like, yeah. you know, we're different. Mm -hmm. See me and my two, my brother and my sister, we're actually all pretty alike. We're not really like, um, how do I say this? We're not really like super, anything mm -hmm. like how I say about even about politics. I'm not super Democrat. I'm not super Republican. I'm not super Christian. I'm just, you know, I'm just kind of, I believe what I believe and I live by what I want to live by. I don't push it on anybody and I don't, you know, none of us really do that. Do, does, uh, is it easy for you guys to talk politics? You and your like family members, me and my, yeah, me and my brother and sister, we all, we all, okay. they're all kind of the same way. We all just kind of laugh at it. My mom's kind of the same way. Um, but when we, when, like when other people that are really passionate one way, we don't really, we don't really like to get into that because, you know, there's no, there's no talking to some people. Right. It, well, it, and you know what? That's like, I don't, if, if you're super passionate about your stuff and like you yeah. want to, and you want to share opinions, that's cool. But like, you got to give, you know, everybody's got to have time to talk. Yeah. And and like, and I want to hear, I want to hear other people's opinions. I really do because I want to, I don't want to live in my own head. I don't want to, you know, uh, just not hear outside opinions. I would love to be challenged by anybody and everybody about stuff that I think. Plus, as I've said on this podcast before, be having the, the air to actually share your bad opinions is a yeah. good thing. Like, exactly. You should have the freedom to do that. Some people think you shouldn't have the freedom to share about it, which is crazy to me. And I'll, I'll bring that back to, uh, so we've, we've, we've mentioned, uh, there was something you said earlier and I can't remember exactly how it was said, but you were talking about the fact that like, it's either it was about us getting judged by our opinions or just it being hard to have a conversation because mm -hmm. people are so divided. Yeah. Um, and then not feeling like you can share certain opinions because it's going to lead to like essentially people getting canceled or something. Yeah. Um, do you, what about censorship? Like, do you see, do you think there's, I think there's, do you think there's, do you think there's an issue with censorship on like social media and stuff right now? Yeah, I think so. And I think it's, um, it's actually, it actually is. And I, I don't, I don't, I'm not left or right, but I think it's, it's kind of bias on some, it seems to be biased on some um, different, if 
for ones like Twitter. Twitter seems a little bit biased because uh, I've, I've seen them like ban people for things like um, for things like mis- misgendering people. Um, really? Different things like that. Yeah, there's there's a there's a really long. You should, you should check out this podcast with Joe Rogan with the Jack Dorsey where he's kind of interviewing him and questioning him about this. And okay. he, br- he brings on an outside moderator to kind of uh, bring up different instances where they taken down accounts that are doing things like that, but okay. then not take down other accounts that are um, doing attacking things in a different way. So, I mean, I, mean, if- I don't like censorship either way. I think yeah. it should be fair game, you know, unless it's like doxing someone's home or – threatening violence or posting someone's child or things like that. Mm-hmm. But, you know, just, just political leanings and little nuanced conversations like that. I don't think there should be any censorship. There shouldn't right. be like trigger words or anything like that. That, that should no. be we're all adults. I mean, it's one thing if like, like the misgendering thing, that's, that'd be an interesting conversation to have uh, that I wouldn't mind mm-hmm. having with somebody, but like, if if somebody was essentially it comes down to harassment for me like if somebody's on there harassing somebody needlessly yeah. then maybe maybe you you know suspend their account and let them know like yo if you do that you know two more times yeah then sorry but we're gonna have to nuke this account and if you want to sign up with a different email cool but yeah. <laughs> just because i don't want people being overt d-bags to each other yeah. um and especially during a time where if the only interaction people are getting is on social media during a lockdown or something like that, then like, they're going to think the human race is finished. Yeah, or yeah. Well. Or they're, yeah. I mean, th- this is where they're coming to try to find some kind of solace in their, their boredom. And you're being, you're telling, you know, you're being like overtly mean to them. Like, don't do that. <laughs> you know, you don't yeah. know what they're going through. Um, but, uh, all right. Uh, well, cool, man. You got, Got a, uh, you know, grew up as a pastor. So I mean, I, or you know, your your dad, you grew up as the son of a pastor. You said you didn't really like get into trouble or anything, but like, a little bit, <laughs> right? I mean, that's, that's everybody, and yeah. like, and the lucky people, uh, you know, it's it's the uh, if you're gonna do something stupid, be smart about it thing. You know, the lucky exactly. people don't get caught. You know, exactly. That's, I was very good at that. We all that. we're all we all we all make mistakes when we're younger and do stupid yeah. stuff. Um, all right, man. I just got three quick more questions for you, if that's all right, and then we'll uh, get you out of here. All right. Um, what makes you happy, or how do you maintain or find happiness? I find happiness in everything. I try to find happiness in everything. You know, I just find happiness in being grateful um, for another day. You know, um, just just gratitude makes me happy. Dude, that's a. Uh, I love that you brought that up because it's I. I, I the gratitude thing, being grateful. Mm-hmm. Um, there's some people who think that in that idea of like manifesting your own reality or, yeah. or whatever, being grateful for things brings new good things to you and, yeah. and whatnot, or it at least just like keeps you in a mindset of not being negative. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and I do, yeah, I don't, I've, I've definitely tried to be not to say that I, I don't, you know, use manners and say thank you and stuff like that, which I think is another form of being actively grateful um, and showing gratitude. But uh, 
yeah, I, I just personal reflection. I've, I've, exactly. I feel like when I am more, I mean, it's just the, the, be happy for the good things. And if you're not, and if you're criticizing even the good things in your life, then like realize maybe there, maybe it's your perception that's making you not happy. Um, in some respects. Yeah, exactly. Um, and, and even, even, even in the being having gratitude and being grateful, um, be grateful for the negative. You know, um, if you have a terrible sucky day, you, you did a terrible job at your job today, be able to step back, take a step back and look at it and be like, man, I suck today, but guess what? I get another day to try to do better and try to suck a little bit less. And, um, I have this job that I sucked at today, but there's people that don't have a job at all. So I'm doing all right. And things are, you know, you just have to be able to find, find the positives within the negatives, uh, even in bad times. So. And even in criticizing yourself, um, and I'm just, I'm just rapping right now. Um, mm-hmm. even in criticizing yourself though, I think it's important to remember, like it's, Oh, people make mistakes, including yourself. Yeah. So like, don't be, it's, it's, it's one thing to be, to self-evaluate and to try to be better going forward and to try to improve, but it's also important not to self-evaluate so much that you're just being a, a hater and not yeah. loving yourself. Cause if you don't love yourself, then walking through the world, if you're hating yourself, it's going to be really hard for you to at times love other people. And yeah, for sure. It starts with yourself. Yeah. Um, and just to be a good be good energy, be a good vibe around other people and all that kind of jazz. All right. Next question. <laughs> uh, yeah. What are your hopes for the world or for the future? Oh man. Um, my hopes is that, that the human race survives a little bit longer <laughs> and I don't know, don't, don't kill each other by the end of 2020, you know, uh, that we come out of 20, again, coming out of 2020, a crazy, insane year that you can can be looked at very negative, just making it into 2021, having gratitude that uh, being able to step back and say, wow, through all that, I made it. And I have another year to improve on that, another year to make this world a better place. I, I hope that um, in times of, in a bad time that, it brings people together because that, that seems to be uh, one of the main proponents of people coming together is uh, extreme struggle. Um, like, uh, like nine 11 was a huge time that seemed to be a horrible time to be an American, but it, it brought people together to, to be closer than Americans have ever been. And uh, coming through an insane election, coming through a, an insane heightened level of racial, um, racial, what is it? Was the word racial division? Um, making making our way out of that. I hope that we can look at it on the other side and say, "All right, we made it through the worst. Now let's pick it up and let's let's try to, you know, make twenty twenty one a better year." Yeah, I know it's it's just it's so tough for a lot of people. I think uh, it's looking, than done for looking sure. right yeah. now, and it's like you know, next Wednesday after the election, I you know. Um, one of my family members shared with me their perspective of if Trump wins. And, mm-hmm. and I was like, well, you know, uh, there's a lot of people <laughs> who think that if, if Biden wins, all those bad things are going to happen or no, yeah. no, you know what? I didn't even share that. He said, yeah. And then somebody shared with me that they think, you know, and it's like, 
about the Biden, essentially, you know, the flip side. And it's, and, and, and it's like, it's like, well, there's a difficulty in understanding each other. And, and to me, that's our inability to understand each other is not necessarily completely on us because we have been fed so many divisive narratives from the media that lack credibility or lack, Mm -hmm. um, genuineness, you know, even if it's not out of a maliciousness, Mm -hmm. it's, it's, I was hired to cover this kind of news and present it from this perspective. And these are the readers that we have on our site. So if I start writing other stuff, they're not gonna, you know, I'm I'm just not gonna have a job. And, uh, hopefully, yeah, just hopefully there's more understanding between all of us. And, uh, hopefully there's also, uh, even if, I don't know, I, Hopefully there's more hope after after yeah. the election, because right now I think a lot of people are feeling a lot of dread. And um, uh, last thought for me is just I would say try to try to I tell myself. Um, uh, what are they called? Like mantras or whatever. Where I'm like, I build yeah. like I'm putting I'm putting a filter here like I'm not letting through the bad feelings. I'm not accepting yeah. any bad stuff. I'm not letting people put their bad vibes on me, matter, no matter where they're coming from. Um, if. Uh, and it's, it's, it's like praying. It's, it's, I'm, I may not be speaking to God, but I am asking the universe yeah. like, Hey, help me out here. Like protect me, keep, keep the bad energies away from me because, because I do want to get back to a society where I'm, you know, shaking everybody's hands and stuff like that. I've noticed a lot more handshaking recently yeah. from people. So some of that, some of that fear or even just an act, a realization that like, depending on your, your age and, and whatnot, likes there's less reasons to be afraid than what people thought there was yeah. earlier this year. Mm-hmm. Anyways, um, final question for you. Do you have any other questions for me? Huh? Let me think, let me think, let me think. Well, uh, oh, what made thinking- you, what made you start this? What made you start the podcast? Um, all the division on Twitter in some respects, you know, it's mm-hmm. the social media aspect of everybody like choosing a side as if we don't need to have it. Cause I'll tell you what, if Trump wins, I'm going to want to have conversations about where we can try yeah. to trust and where we need to be vigilant in, in keeping an eye on stuff. If Biden wins, man, um, I'm just being honest here. Like there is a, a dread in me that feels like he's part of that whole globalist stuff. And that sounds like crazy conspiracy talk to a lot of people, but like there's a reason why if, if you listen to the no agenda podcast, or you go out there and you find one of these build back better um, mm. montages where like all these different leaders from all these different places, all these different countries, they're all saying we're going to build back better. They all have the same phrase, the same talking points. And it's just like, what international organization is feeding the leaders of yeah. 20 different huge countries the same talking same points? Little, yeah. Because that's that's the corruption that I want rooted out too. And you know, I think a lot of people hear nationalism and they it's it's got this negative connotation, but what it what it really in you know my take of it is like it's just you it's this you know, if if you lived in a small town, 
and there was an invading group of barbarians coming in to try to rape and pillage, I would hope that my neighbors and I would band together and say, yo, they're trying to burn down Tony's (laughs) ice cream shack. Let's go get them. (laughs) But like, you know, let's go protect the ice cream shack. You know, that's that. So, yeah, it's it's it's. Yeah, but I don't. uh, uh, Trump hasn't started any wars. Yeah, that's. I mean, I, if you don't think that's one good thing he's done, then I then maybe, in my opinion, you haven't people, you know, you haven't been paying attention to politics long enough to realize that everybody we've had, whether it was the Bushes, the Clintons, or the Obamas, these dudes were all starting wars left and right. Seem, you know, in my lifetime, it felt like, mm-hmm. and I don't want nobody to die needlessly. Uh, you know, there's I want more people out there to facilitate cool things like good podcasts and good music and. All yeah. that jazz. Oh, you are really big on MMA on your Twitter. Love it. Love so it. So if you and I was I was trying to look through your Twitter stuff and you're you retweet a lot of MMA stuff, my, which is great. My, yeah, that's my number one thing that I follow, probably. So uh Icy, thank you for coming on the show. Thank you. OG Icy on Twitter. Oh, yeah. Um go follow him. It's you know just for his awesome opinions and unique opinions and nuanced opinions. Also go follow him. If you like MMA, because I was looking on there and I was like, I learned more about MMA, you know, (laughs) your Twitter feed than I've known for years. I troll Uh, a little bit too. So, so don't take everything serious. (laughs) Yes, exactly. Don't take, yeah. But, um, we have fun. fun. All right, man. I'm just going to read through some of my end of show stuff. If you want, if you want to stick around for two seconds, that's cool. But, uh, all right, man. All right, thank you for listening to the Free Range Basketball Podcast. I am Kyle McEwen. You can find me on Twitter at RotoKyleNBA. Our guest was OGIC or Icy. You can find him at OGIC on Twitter. If you like what you hear, please consider rating, reviewing, and sharing the podcast wherever you listen or watch it. And if you'd like to be an official producer of the show, you can send in support through PayPal, Venmo, or Cash App at KyleMcEwen16. You can also subscribe on Free Range Basketball. And for anyone that rates, reviews, subscribes, or contributes as a producer of the show, I'll be sure to give you a shout-out here and come do your laundry this week. Laundry. I remember that part. (laughs) (laughs) So, yeah, I I like to make a bunch of fake promises. Um, I'm like Trump. Yeah. Uh, All right. I wasn't going to say it. I wasn't going to say it. I see. Thank you so much for doing this, man. Thank you, man. All right. It'll be up in a couple hours. Good deal. Appreciate you. No, appreciate you. Bye-bye. Keep tugging at our heels, watch us high step and be a highlight reel of how high we get. The ghost riders off the ramp, how we live defies death. Put our conscience in the genre box, stamp a certified fresh. Bad boys beyond G-Deps, you couldn't fathom what we plan to do next. Turn the music on his head, power bomber suplex. Minds like duplex, that's a damn good dope duel, don't forget the double check. Couple outcasts that'll hit you like a Smith & West. Turn up the speakers in the headsets, protect your necks. Yoga flame on this track, like rappers better stretch. Or get burned, put your ashes in the urn, try to claim a weave. Earn. You gon' learn today, kid we don't play You'll get wrecked if you leave all day Peep the speech we beat G-R-A-Y theory, make a way you get steamrolled paved in the streets, go auto Give us and take us, man, move us and shake us, we know Give us and take us, man, move us and shake us, we know Give us and take us, man, move us and shake us, we know Take them haters like elevators and ride them to the top Take them haters
haters like elevators and ride them to the top. Take them haters like elevators and ride them to the top. I know small ones and new ones, fun ones and cold ones, bug ones and old ones, thug ones can sold some. It's really about the ones that stood the ground and held out. Shelled a couple bucks and some just to be out. Found many can't be trusted, but hate is uncontrollable. Cause sometimes the right thing ain't the right thing to do. And some rhymes with the punchline strike like Sun Tzu. Crime time, Royal Rumble, Rain of Fire, one, two, great. We keeping it jazzy, beat so hard, I bet it's twitching your chassis. Pass me the rello as I bring you up a level. Find your soul inside the treble, base opinions on your own devils. Wrestle with your ego just to make you feel special. Revel in the dopeness. Take them haters like elevators and ride them to the top.